if you have ever struggled with your relationship with food and knowing what the right foods, and I'm using really big inverted commas here, what the right foods are to eat and when, and you've become a little obsessed with your diet and you've been totally overwhelmed by the whole nutrition thing, or you've been on a mad restrict, binge restrict punishment regime, then you are going to get a shitload out of this episode with Kirsty Seawood. Actually, Dr. Kirsty Seawood, dietitian extraordinaire, um, because she is absolutely amazing and she is going to be here to talk to us about all things food freedom, which basically means creating a healthy relationship with food when no foods are off limits, but instead you listen to your body. You follow your body's cues rather than what a specific diet tells you to do or anything like that. It gets you back in touch with what you need when you need it. And that is as empowering as it sounds. But before we dive into that amazing interview with Kirsty, I am fluffing site to bring to you a very special offer from our friends at Allergy Test Australia. So I don't know if you follow me on Instagram at katdean.com.au, but you would have seen a few weeks ago, um, I did the blood testing kit with Allergy Test Australia and it tests for over a hundred different possible um, food allergies and, you know, different allergens that are in the air and whatever else. Um, Because I was struggling with a few different uh, issues myself and they approached me about that and I did it and I can't believe the difference in my comfort levels of a day since I found out that two of the main things that I have major intolerances to and also showed up having like an allergic response to were well, two things that I included in my diet every single day. And they were almonds and I eat nut butter, like almond nut butter out of the jar. Like I was doing that every single day and having almond milk and also having soy milk. Soy and almonds were two of the main things that would have, my body would have been having these hectic responses to and inflammatory responses. So, you know, I think there was like nine things in total that showed up, but those two have since that information became available to me, I've been able to remove them. And honestly, the comfort levels within my body are next level. So because you are a Simply Complicated listener and I love you guys, I reached out to them to see if we could get a code for you and write this down right now. Complicated 40 will get you 40% off any of their allergen tests. That is a very, very sweet deal. 40% off. Go to their website or you can track them down on Instagram at Allergy Test Australia and enter that code at the checkout and you will get 40% off. So without further ado, with that epic information and all this entire episode around becoming in tune and listening to your body and its cues, I bring to you Kirsty. Seawood. Dr. Kirsty Seawood. (laughs) 
joining us today, we have Dr. Kirsty Seawood, dietitian, PhD, lady boss from Revive Nutrition, all around hell chick. Welcome to the podcast, lady. Good morning, and thank you for having me. I, I'm just going to let everyone know that Kirsty's really nervous. <laughs> and. <laughs> Um, I'm going to try and not like make her more nervous, but I just did. So you're human. Oh, I'm, not, I'm nervous, but I think it's because you won't give me any insight into the questions you're going to fire at me. And normally, um, I'm normally used to presenting or lecturing and being quite prepared. So. Yes. You're usually like holding the space and commanding the attention for, you know, everyone else. So this is a flip for you. So it's natural to be a bit nervous and you know, you know what I'm like. So you never know what's going to come out in the questions. I just know some of our conversations we have and they, they tend to go in all directions. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you have a super empowering message towards fueling our bodies and living a life in balance and you call it food freedom. So can you go into that for us, Kirst? Uh, sure. I guess um, food freedom, um, it can mean diff- uh, like a few different things, but I think to me the essence of it is that just all foods fit and that you don't have to restrict your diet or eliminate the foods that you love um, in to, to eat healthy or to nourish your body. So I think foods are for nourishment and they fuel our body, but they're also for our soul as well. Um, so food freedom just means you remove any kind of food rules, any anxiety or guilt that comes with eating the foods that you love. I love that. Yeah. And so you are a nutritionist, you are a dietitian, and you also do one-on-one coaching with people to help them achieve this, yeah? Yeah, I sure do. Yeah. Okay, that's exciting. <laughs> so you used yeah. to work predominantly in the field of weight loss and run some massive programs um, with that and alongside some major companies, but have recently made the switch by following your passion to a more holistic way of doing things. So what brought about the change in the way that you now prefer to work with people? Yeah, so it was a big shift and it was something that um, like you and I spoke about personally um, before Katie, um, it was something that I'd been wanting to do for a while. Um, I think that following a meal plans or diets as such, it, they can become quite restrictive. And I just have this passion for teaching people to really get in tune with their body and then teaching them the skills and the foundations for themselves to learn how to nourish their body and, and build their own, um, build their own meals eat the foods that they love and, and just remove though any kind of rules or restrictions around their diet. Um, I find that meal plans are really effective and they work, um, but they also still create a sense of anxiety or some kind of fear or rules around certain foods. Um, and I wanted to help support clients. So I do still, I can still provide meal plans and I do still provide ideas and stuff to clients and suggestions, but I help them work towards building their knowledge and their skills to um to build their own nutrition and listen, really tune into their body. Um, I think to, for me, to be honest, COVID was a big shift for me. Yeah. Um, COVID, and I think it's been a lot of for um, several ent- entrepreneurs I've spoken to or business women. Um, I was, because as you know, I go from uh, lecturing and then I have revived as well. I think COVID really slowed me down. So I got the opportunity to work from home. Um, I wasn't, training as much and I didn't have as many meetings and appointments going on. So it was a bit of a slap in the face for me that I needed to slow down and COVID did that for me. And I got to do a bit of self-reflection 
and just even reflect on my business and where it was going and how it was actually aligning with my passion and the message that I wanted to deliver. Um, so I think COVID did that for me. <laughs> That's good. And well, yeah. I mean, finding that silver lining is always a bit of a win. But did you, have you ever like had that? I mean, I don't think there's any woman who's like listening to this who haven't, hasn't had that um, whole, been part of that diet cycle. But have you had personal experience with that, um, you know, restrict and, um, you know, that whole diet mentality, food restrictions, the rest of it? Definitely, a hundred percent. So especially as well, like studying dietetics, you become so conscious of the food and the environment around you. But even things like um, you're going out for dinner and I would think like before I'm having a big night tonight, I'm going out for dinner or I've got a birthday coming up, like I won't eat lunch or something because I know I'm going to have a big dinner later on. Or So there's always those um, like growing up and being around I take, of course I've experienced those. A big one's also been, um, especially around training and the fitness culture, uh-huh. um, around making sure like um, – now, see, I've lost my thought here. I have so much yeah, no, here. I do it so all the time. In my head. But yeah, I've definitely thought about like restrictions and things like, oh, am I having too many carbs? Like, or can I have, um, can I have carbs at night? So that's been something that I've been through as well. A big one as well, especially in the fitness industry, I see a lot of these detoxes. Yes. So like these detox teas or these liver detoxes, um, like you've got that, like the reduced cleanse or a, a juice detox. Um, and it's just, I've, like, I've done a juice cleanse before. I've tried that. And um, so I've definitely experienced these. And they're surrounded by us. And, but I think a big thing as well is being so involved in the fitness industry and just seeing a lot of um, friends that are surrounded around me that it's just the talk of diet culture as well and watching other women go through it too. Um, and the restriction, like... Um, not feeling comfortable to go to a social event or out for dinner with girlfriends or or just those thoughts like, oh, I can't, I did two extra, I did two workouts today so I can eat that chocolate tonight. I hate um, that. So they're just surrounded by it all the time. So Yeah. Oh, totally. And, I, and that whole eating's cheating before you go out and all that shit that I know that my friends and I used to go along with and, you know, like you want, you don't want to wear something. I remember back when I used to wear really tight fitting things and it's like, you don't want to wear, I don't want to eat because I'm going to, you know, bloat up or show my belly or whatever. And it's like, geez, woman. Now looking back, that would have been such a torturous cycle to be in, not only physically, but mentally. Yeah, yeah, and um, diet culture and dieting and food restriction, it's so, I've done a couple of posts on this, it's so mentally exhausting as well. Like all the amount, the amount of time you think about, you think about food. Um, it's like walk, like when you're planning a meal or you're in the supermarket, it's like, can I have this? Can I have that? Um, if I'm going out for dinner, can I eat beforehand? Can I not? If I'm going out for dinner, what's on the menu? Can I, is this allowed? Is this not? Um, so it's almost like you miss moments or or creating memories in your life. So something like date nights always a big one that pops up um, that people want to have date nights and go out with their partners um, and they get such anxiety about having a date night that they don't actually enjoy that moment. Um, and I put a post recently that was like, count memories, not calories. Yeah. Because you're, you're pulling yourself away from these memorable moments, these memories that you have the opportunity to create because your head's um, so focused on the food you're eating that um, it takes away the enjoyment of life as well. 
like what the things that bring you joy. Totally, because food is the yeah. center of so many beautiful, amazing social moments yeah. that you know that we that derive connection that we derive connection from. And if you're like constantly getting in the shower every night, gathering the evidence and doing the math to take, like, think about how much self-loathing you have to have or take to the gym tomorrow to burn it off. Like, that's just not sustainable and that's just robbing you of so much, right? You just said the word then, like, sustainable. So the first thing that I think about when you hear, like, look at these diets or um, it's like if something's not sustainable long-term or isn't compatible with your lifestyle, and your likes and dislikes, for example, if you've got a, if you're starting something that you're going to have to change in like six weeks, eight weeks, no matter how many weeks, why start it to begin with? Like, learn to listen to your body, learn how to build healthy, balanced meals, just learn a well balanced way of eating where you get to include the foods that you love and then it's sustainable long term. And if you start following, like, um, I find that if you follow, if you have food rules and restrictions and then you don't meet those, um, same thing when what happens when you focus on weight, and I think we'll, we'll go into this in a second, um, focusing on our weight and our appearance. Um, if you're constantly having these restrictions or rules on yourself and you're having to think about them all day, so, um, and then you break those. So a good one, for example, a common one that I use as an example is like if you tell yourself when you wake up in the morning, I'm not having chocolate today. Like no matter what I do, Katie, don't let me have chocolate or <laughs> cook yeah. Chocolate today. If I think that first thing in the morning, and then every eating opportunity or every moment I'm bored or I'm not doing something, and chocolate's on my mind, by three or four p.m., I guarantee you I'm going to be eating chocolate, and then I'm going to get really disheartened for not sticking to that food rule. But it's a food rule that I like that doesn't align with what my body's craving or needing as well. Um, but it's also if if you enjoy something and you're telling yourself not to have it then it's just um, creating an unrealistic expectation on yourself and then you get disheartened and disappointed in yourself and then you and then that kind of negative thought pattern could then impact other aspects of your life. Like you don't feel good about yourself because you feel like you let yourself down. Then you might question, like you might avoid going to social situations, you might question your friendships, you might question your performance in your job. Like um, so it can stem back to putting like this nutrition, I believe, should be really simple they're like um, perfect eating is not healthy eating, but it actually creating these food rules and restrictions, we don't realize how much of an impact, a flow and impact it can have on other aspects in our life as well. Totally. It's the yeah. food rule that's <laughs> fucked, not the yeah. actual chocolate, you know, that, you know, you can have a little yeah. bit because I know if I, in the times in the past, like it, like you were saying, if I'm, you know, as soon as I restrict something and make it off limits, no matter what it is, it's all that I can think about. Like it's it's without yeah. a doubt. But if I can have something anytime, then yeah. there's, I'll, you know, like if you tell yourself you can't have chocolate, but then you go, oh, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway, you're going to eat two or three times as much because, exactly. yeah. yeah, but if it's just something, if there's no restrictions on it and if you feel like it, have it. If you don't, don't and you start to do that whole eating intuitively thing, then, mm-hmm. you know, nothing's off limit, so nothing's bad, so nothing, the cravings will dissipate naturally, wouldn't they? Exactly, like, that's yeah. usually... Yeah, and so the more, like, the more we try and restrict 
um, our diet or put these uh, yeah, restrictions on ourselves, the more you end up craving or just, just having that food at the back of your mind all the time as well. And then the more fear or anxiety you create around that food, and then to the moment that that food becomes present or available, you'll tend to overeat that food. And you'll eat it beyond what it satisfies you because you've actually been restricting it. Totally. It's like the yeah. first bite of chocolate's yeah. always the best anyway. <laughs> and then after yeah. that, it's like, oh, I'm just eating it because it's here. Or an emotional, um, although there are some things that are delicious, like chocolate, gluten-free Oreos, <laughs> which I found the other day. But anyway, also they're allowed in my, there is no dietary restrictions yeah. here in terms of um, those sorts of things. So everyone listening here at some point, and you just touched on this, would have tried a diet and most likely failed, which is like a massive blow to our belief system. You did mention that it's not sustainable, but what other reasons are there that often show up that why our diets don't, why not our diets, these diets don't work? Um, So basically, I think a lot of the diets as well, they focus on changing you or changing your body, essentially. Um, so I do a, a lot doing a lot of work around um, body image and like body empowerment and body body positivity. Um, so and if you're if you have to if you're slogging like a lot of these diets they create restrictions. They also um, in, encourage like it's a lifestyle. They encourage you to exercise excessively. Um, so it's about I've lost my train of thought again. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, I do it all the time. Uh, yeah, no, like about the diff- why many diets don't work. Yeah, essentially because it's it's changed, like um, it's putting rules that may not align with your lifestyle, for example. Like it may be like intermittent fasting is a really good one um, that like a fad diet people tend to follow. If that doesn't work within your work, if that doesn't suit your work hours and you're trying to eat in periods, that just don't align with your work-life balance, for example, um, of course that's not going to be sustainable. If you're following diet rules like um, going low-carbohydrate or something, low-carbs are one that really tends to frustrate me because carbohydrates are our body's primary source of energy. Love carbs. Actually, really, we really need carbs. I love Um, carbs. I have pasta most days, like chickpea pasta or rice pasta or something, in with the veggies, in with everything. I need it. I'll lose my shit yeah. if I don't. Our body does need it. Like our body physically needs it. Did you hear uh, that, everyone? Carbs are our friend. Carbs are okay. Eat the carbs. Carbs uh, are more than okay. Carbs, <laughs> carbs are essential. Yay. <laughs> yeah, they're more than okay. Um, but these diets, they they don't usually align with um, us, like including those situations. Us, they don't normally align with our with um, our beliefs or uh, a lot of the time they're making you transform yourself into something else. Um, Yeah, it's something aesthetically driven. Yeah, rather than encouraging us to love ourselves um, and love the body we're in and respect that body that we're in, they encourage us to be something else or to become something else. Um, And then which is, and usually they're focused on weight. Yeah. um, that before so like chasing weight is a really um unrealistic thing and it's a really um hard thing to stop doing like to stop weighing yourself is a hard thing but weight is also a very um unreliable indicator of our progress and i'm totally like a true um 
throw I advocate for people to throw their scales out like yeah I don't own scales yeah perfect weight should never be something that we base our success um our success or our progress on because our weight fluctuates so much constantly sorry yep you keep going (laughs) I cut you off fluctuates so much so much between especially females like between our cycle um if we've been to the bathroom, like how much water we've had that day. Honestly, um, a good poo can, you know, take a good <laughs> – totally shift the scales. Honestly, <laughs> like, you know, you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Everyone knows. And it's just – we're chasing a number and even when you hit that number, it's unlikely that you're going to be happy when you hit that number. You just set a new number for yourself and then you push to get to that next number. Um, and I feel like tracking your weight is similar again because um, a lot of sometimes there's a counter arguments that like, oh, but if you if we do calorie counting and macro counting, that's still flexible. I can still include the foods that I love um, and I can still transform my body. But I, to me, calorie counting and macro counting is just another fad diet that has you thinking about food and not really enjoying food because you're constantly looking at a number. So it's it's similar to um, tracking weight as well. If you're tracking your weight and you don't see that number on the scale that you want to see, you immediately get disheartened and you start picking out other negative things about yourself. Like I could have did this better, I could have did that better. Um, and you straight away get disheartened, so you just want to throw it all out and then you usually go and binge and grab all the foods that you've been restricting yourself from. Um, but the same thing that tends to happen, um, and this is what the counter argument I have for counting macros and calories is because if you don't hit those numbers in the day, the same thing happens. You get this heart and you think, what could have I done better? And then you tend to restrict yourself even more. Absolutely. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And I'm for 100% all for giving, like keeping the promises that you make to yourself and looking yeah. at the evidence, like gathering evidence to support the great things that we're doing. And if you're constantly looking or um, the driving force behind why you want to do anything, so in say like counting calories, macros, like a weight loss type thing, if that's because you hate something about yourself or you want to change something about yourself, then the whole thing's going to be shrouded in dark clouds rather than doing eating intuitively and have finding that food freedom and that balance of Mm doing making your choices because you love your body and making your choices Mm -hmm. because you want to feel a certain way and naturally when you are feeling better you're going to make better choices and choices that support the life that you want to live which is naturally going to get you into a healthier flow state anyway yeah and when you eat intuitively and learn to listen to your body so like looking at your hunger and fullness scale so um how hungry are you how full are you how satisfied are you after a meal um what's your body craving um when you start and how you feeling after a meal when you start to become more in tune with how the food makes you feel you actually start to recognize what foods make you feel good and what foods don't make you feel so good um and then so people tend to have this conception that when you say food freedom or food fit is that immediately people are like, oh, you just told me like people just eat whatever they want and then I'm going to put on weight. But it, and, I'm, and like that's not going to work. But it actually does because you'll, when you start listening to your body, you realize that your body doesn't want to eat bad food or there's no good or bad food, but your body doesn't want to eat high sugar, high processed food all the time. Your body does actually crave these nutrient-dense vegetables and whole grains 
Um, it's just about listening to it and listening and tuning into how a meal actually makes you feel after it. Yes. And I love that you're, <laughs> we had a couple of questions come through on snacking and I love your yep. ethos on snacking. So can you talk yep. us through that? Is it okay to snack, not to snack? What's the deal? Oh, 100% snack. Yay. Um, <laughs> I love, I love a snack. And I think um, I, so to start with, usually when I work with clients, I find a lot of the time for women is we're generally not eating enough. Like we restrict ourselves mm-hmm. and that doesn't just come from restricting um, foods and having food rules. It just, it's just like a general thing that we're just not fueling our body with enough. But it is also because we've been exposed to like, oh, we should have 1,200 calories, 1,700 calories a day. Um, so the, the, one of the things I work with clients initially usually is just trying to get them to eat regular meals and snacks. Um, that means we want to be snacking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so eating frequently throughout the day and then trying to get in tune with our hunger and our hunger cues to know how hungry and how satisfied we are after a meal. So snacks, definitely. I always recommend um, a good – you want to listen to what your body's craving as well. So if, um, if you are craving something sweeter, have something sweeter. But I tend to say that a snack should always have at least a carbohydrate source. Yes. Um, so a piece, yep, we want carbs consistently throughout the day. Um, so a snack should have like a carbohydrate sauce or even a bit of protein with it as well. Yeah. Nice. But, um, so what would a, an example be? An example yeah. could be um, like Greek yogurt and berries, for example, is a good one. Um, you could do rice cakes with like, um, if you're craving something sweet, do rice cakes and Nutella and strawberries. Um, I One of my favorites is like a slice of raisin toast with some ricotta cheese and some strawberries. Um, Fuck yes. <laughs> it's, it's a popular one too. Um, and I also do love like just a good old crumpet with some like honey on it or banana. Yeah. Mate, yeah. you're talking my language. And how good yeah. is the winter snacks? Like we can eat a bit heartier. Um, you know, well, you just tend to crave those warmer, nourishing foods like it's like that seasonal eating I know I do I want more yeah. warm foods the foods that are gonna you know warm my core yeah. whereas summer and those those warmer like the hotter months I tend to be like more smoothies salads you know yeah. like vegetable sticks and amazing dips but yeah oh that's so good to know I'm so glad I yeah. hope that everyone hears eat your fluffing carbs because yes, yes. <laughs> eat your carbs so you want to have consistent carbs throughout the day yeah I love that and so for women who have had a super turbulent and mostly restrictive relationship with food where is a great place to start because the diet culture and restrict punish restrict runs really deep for so many like where's the best place to start um the best place to start I believe is just just starting to become aware of these food rules and restrictions that you actually place on yourself um just trying to become more aware of it and how often and frequent they pop up Um, and then giving yourself unconditional permission to know that just all foods fit and food is food. Um, A carb, eating carbs, carbs aren't directly associated with you putting on weight. Um, Chocolate isn't directly associated with you putting on weight. Okay, so it's just giving yourself unconditional permission to know that all foods fit. Love that. And that's the day. 
And it's like if also like and going back to what you said as well, I just had like a oh, it just hit if you like because we don't tend to as women, especially if you're running around with kids, especially if you're just generally running around like we're burning energy as it is there's like what really fucking shits me is like the man size portions and then the yeah. the women size portions if you are having a bowl if you bulk out your lunch enough with things by adding things in not taking things out like adding in more vegetables adding in more baby spinach add 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 all the beautiful healthy things add some like pasta of your choice um you are generally, and then obviously snacking is okay, but if you fill yourself up with all the good things, you're not going to necessarily want to go and snack on a bazillion shitty things, or you'll just have one or two um, gluten-free Oreo biscuits um, rather yeah. than the five or six where you've let yourself get to a point of absolute starvation. Mm. Yeah. Is and that- this is, yeah, so this is what we work on is like, trying to get more in tune with our hunger cues so and how our body's actually feeling. So what we tend to find is we get so embedded in our routines and running around or doing this and doing that. So we actually aren't even listening to our body or we're not in tune with it at all. So and a lot of us have forgotten like what hungry even feels like anymore because we're just so used to like people are so used to pushing through it or ignoring it or have a glass of water, you'll be fine. Um so what we work on initially with clients as well is just tuning in with yourself every couple or few hours and just saying, how is my body feeling? Um, like, is it, do I feel hungry? Do I feel satisfied? Do I feel stressed? Do I feel calm? Um, and by becoming more in tune and checking in with your body more frequently, you start to then pick up on how you're feeling um, when you should be eating. And then how, we also try and do a little scale of how full am I during this meal? So if you're eating a meal Try and check in with yourself and say, okay, how full am I feeling about halfway through? And then check in with yourself at the end of the meal as well. And then you start to learn that what kind of portions work well for you and at what time throughout the day. Nice. So just, it's about because we've just got this disconnect between what our routine may be or the errands and things we have to do that we just tend to ignore our body. And the same thing happens when we get into, like, um, into exercising as well. We, uh, our body might be like so exhausted and so tired, but we ignore having these rest days because we feel like we have to slog ourselves out. And if we don't slog ourselves out at the gym and exhaust ourselves, then we haven't done the right thing because I'm not going to change my body. I'm not following the diet. Um, I'll eat too many calories. And if I don't exercise to counteract that, I'm not going to get the results I want. So it all works within itself and becoming more aware with our body. Love that. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, getting curious with the stories that and the rules that you're living within that you've created yeah. for yourself or that you've taken on board as truth and see if they still align with who you are in this moment and the life that you've created for yourself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so I have some rapid-fire questions for you. <laughs> and I think you've, some of these you may have answered, but do we really need to count calories? No, no. No. Yay. No. How about measure like, food? Pardon? How about measure our food? No, so I work a lot um, around the concept of how to create a healthy, balanced meal. Um, and initially, I may work with clients in recommending certain portion sizes. So we use more of a plate model. But what we really want to work on is seeing how you feel before and after a meal in terms of how hungry you feel and how satisfied you are. And then that teaches you how to listen to your hunger and your internal cues 
So you know if you're feeling hungry on one day, a certain day, um, and I did a post on this the other day around appetite and people going back to the gym this week in New South Wales and saying a lot of my girlfriends are like, far out, I'm so hungry. And I'm like, eat food, eat more food. Yeah. Like, the amount of food that you've obviously been eating when we've been through COVID and through isolation um, is now not going to be sufficient for you. So it's naturally that your body's craving more food. So listen to your body and honor that, honor your body. Um, so essentially, if you start tuning, like if you, so my philosophy, like my, the core is if you eat well-balanced meals frequently throughout the day and include the foods you love and listen to your internal hunger cues, you do not need to count calories or track macros. No. Good. <laughs> Good, good, good. Um, do we need Although to? Although I will say, I will say. There's always my... a but. <laughs> there's always a but. And look, and I think that's really important um, from some personal growth and personal professional development. If I have provided meal plans in the past that have been calorie macro counted, um, but I'm, I'm, I've ventured back away from that because I, I want to work with clients to help them understand their body's true hunger signals and, and give them the the skills and the foundations to create their own healthy nutrition well, for food, what works for them. That's so important. And that's the thing. It all comes down to the, your client or the person's why and what you would offer them. Like if their why is to create a lifelong, healthy, balanced, um, super chill relationship with food, then you would encourage the food freedom. And yeah. um, But if someone comes to you with a very specific Um, you know, like, especially like I know that certain athletes would want, you know, if they've got to drop their body fat to a certain weight, like, you know, then that is where you would probably come up with a food plan. But that again would be for a specific cause and goal for a desired outcome for, you know, that's not sustainable for everyday life. I think that's what you're trying to say, isn't it? Yeah, so essentially you can provide a meal plan for a client and I can provide like I can provide a client a meal plan. But I eventually want to teach them how to come off that meal plan and do it for themselves Love by that. listening to how their body is feeling and how much fuel they need. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to earn our treats? No, no. Gosh, no. We're um, not dogs. That's what I'm No, I'm not a, no. And like I said before, a big part of um, what, uh, like a big thing that I come up with clients as well is that concept that if I haven't worked out today, then I can't eat something. Or I had a big meal last night or I had a couple of wines last night, I must go to the gym in the morning. Um, It's a big thing, yeah, and like that we come up against. And no, I can guarantee you that the more you listen listen to your body and respect how your body is feeling and have that rest day or... Tell yourself that it's okay to enjoy this food. Um, the more you start loving yourself and feeling empowered, and just the happier you'll become. Like people, clients like contact me. And they're like, I want to, I want to lose five kilos, and then I'll be happy. Oh. But it's probably not going to make you happy. Like until you've got to work on some inner stuff and loosen these rules and, and restrictions you have on yourself. And it may not just be about food. Exercise also usually comes with that as well. Like the the um the thought that we have to earn our food such a big thing in culture at the moment totally yeah yeah it's crazy but i mean it's been pushed on us and served to us for years and years and years so it's like go easy anyone who's listening who's now having these light bulb moments and feeling like holy fuck like i've been 
realizing that I'm doing I, this to myself. You and everyone else, I promise. And when you asked me before, have I been exposed to this diet restriction thing? Yeah. The exercise is probably the biggest thing that I've that I've had that personally I've probably struggled with that concept of I must exercise every day. Um, or like if I don't make the gym, I used to work out twice a day. Oh my goodness! Um, and then like and then running the business and doing my PhD and working. Um, and I just got I think and like I said to you um, before that I was starting to realize that my hormones are a bit out of whack. So um, and I was like I'm not sleeping well. And then COVID was that big realization for me where I said I need to stop. Um, yeah. And really start to listen to myself a bit more as well. So. Um, I think the exercise and earning our food and kind of trying to counteract our food is a really big one. Well, yeah. our bodies always know. Our bodies mm. always know. We just think that we have better ideas a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Get out of your head, get back into your body and tune in and see yeah. what it's actually telling you. And you want to look at your body in a different light as well. So like a lot of the time, um, like fad diets or we put, um, people set goals and they're like, I want to lose, um, say, five kilos, for example. But I try and encourage and I work with clients to set goals that are, are away from physical, um, um, like away from appearance um, or aesthetics and be like, um, how much weight do you want to lift or how, how far do you want to run? Like look at or how how many more laps the stairs do you want to do kind of thing like or how much more energy do you want to have to spend time with your children and run in the park um, trying to set goals that are away from our aesthetics um, and then because the more you then tick off those goals the more motivated and empowered you feel you'll feel as well plus by focusing on goals that are around output or performance or how you're feeling as a whole. Um, will actually help you tune in with your body and see how your body is actually feeling as well, because then you'll know that if um, then you then you'll start knowing when you need to rest, when you can push more. Do you know what I mean? Totally, I'm on board yeah, for that. Like you've got a performance goal, like you're like, oh, um, say if you're running and you're, and you're like, you usually run three k's every morning, and then one morning you're like, oh, I can't, I can only, I only got to one and a half k's, and I feel exhausted. That's your body saying have a rest or or fuel it more, give it more fuel. Yeah. Um, so I think by setting these performance goals as well, other goals around how, because how are we feeling? Like how do you feel every day? Like do you feel happy? Are you, do you feel productive? Um, and pull them away from these aesthetics and the need to change ourselves. It's funny um, you it's say that. Um, yeah. The other day, because I like to do the stairs. That's like That's a pattern. <laughs> I'm like, what's coming? What, what is she going to say? Oh, what's she going to say? No, I'm dropping myself in. Um, like the Because I have, I do the stairs once or twice a week, especially since COVID yeah. started. And I've worked my way up to like 20 sets of stairs in a weight vest. And I take my time, but it's my, it's often a goal. But the other night I had half a bottle of red. <laughs> the night before and obviously it was organic and preservative free because I'm allergic to sulfur not because I'm trying to be healthy or anything but and I was like yeah I'll be fine anyway got up to do the stairs and I got to 10 and I obviously hadn't hydrated myself properly and I was struggling like it felt like my just body was just 
just not up for it. So I called it at like, I think it was like I got 15 and done. Um, and even that extra five, that was a mental push where my body mm-hmm. was like, don't do it. You just need to chill. But I totally get that um, that mental story that comes up with why yeah. with we've set these things. But I was physically struggling because of this shit that I didn't, I didn't drink properly. I didn't have a big enough dinner. I drank wine, which is totally fine, which is one of my next questions as well. But (laughs) I wasn't in my best shape. And so my body was just like, no, you haven't got the energy today. Yeah. And there's certainly that mental push where sometimes in an exercise, like we do need to mentally push ourselves, but it's really coming into listening to our body as a whole and being like, and recognizing when you're actually exhausted or when you're not feeling properly um, and then reflecting back and going, well, I didn't eat enough. Um, I ignored my, like, I knew I was hungry, but I, I pushed it, I, I skipped that meal, even though I know I should have eaten something. Um, so it's just, yeah, listening to your, on your, to your body as a whole. Yeah. Can we still have wine and <laughs> gin and be healthy? Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Obviously, there's um, alcohol recommendations that have, um, <laughs> that have been collated through science, like evidence for good health. Um, but when it comes, when it comes down to it is if you should you say yes yes or no to having alcohol if you're going in a social situation or on date night for example or catching up with your girlfriend it comes down to um when you're talking about food freedom it comes down to how you're feeling and do you feel like having it um it should never be about how if it's got x amount of calories can i have it no it's like do you feel like having it and it's okay also to say no to alcohol too in that situation so true yeah no one will know if you're like i did get that pressure that peer pressure to have a drink but if you're not feeling it there's nothing worse you'll end up crying in the girls bathroom like (laughs) that's it and yeah and it just me it's basically just food freedom is just allowing us to learn to trust ourselves and trust that we're making the right decisions for ourselves as well I love so, and the that. More you learn, the more you learn to tune in with your body and listen to how you're feeling, um, the more you trust yourself and the more empowered you end up feeling. And we're all about those empowered women over here. So where <laughs> can we find you? And do you have spaces to work with women right now? I do. Yeah. <laughs> so you can find me. The best contact is through my Instagram. So at underscore revive underscore nutrition. Um, so if you want to look at working with me, there is a link in my bio where you can book in for a free um, discovery call where we can chat for about 20 minutes, half an hour. I can learn about you and then you can learn a little bit about me and the services I offer and we can see um, you're a good fit to work together. Love that. And Kirsty, <laughs> your Instagram page is really fun and you're getting some really nice graphics up there that explain it um, in like without, yeah. you know, like you just look at it and go, oh, like, okay, thanks. Yeah. And it's really like a good uplifting positive body image body love like wake up call to have on your instagram page when there's so much noise i love following you i'm all about it um so ladies if this was your jam please share this episode 
comment on your favorite podcasting platform like and leave a review because that helps a lot and Kirsty thank you so so much for tuning in and joining us joining me today because it's so important and in this whole um women's wellness like series that I wanted to do I know so many of us have struggled or are continuing to struggle with the judgment around meal times and their foods and their body image so I hope um that you know that you realize how valuable the work that you're doing is so thank you so much for like coming on thank you thank you for having me thank you and i just want to say as well um for those ladies that are um wanting to lose a little bit of weight as well that doesn't mean that you can't reach out to me um it doesn't mean that i won't work with clients that predominantly want to lose weight but i'll help you work through these food restrictions and food rules to find a weight that you're happy at and your body's also happy at too like so yeah we want to put realistic um goals out there that's so feel wonderful. good about ourselves because that's how you feel good in like that's how we get you to your happiest and healthiest self i love that i love yeah. that all about that food freedom and working with you and your body and your desired yeah. outcome to find what's best for you yeah yeah oh well, thank you for having me and i love this wellness i'm looking forward um, to listening to all of the episodes of this series. Oh, thank you. It's, good. it's fun. I'm excited. This is a big week of podcasts this week. Um, I've got Offer next and then Claire Baker, which is going to be a really cool yes. one as well. But I'm going to be releasing that. Oh, well, I'll, I can talk to you about that once we get off. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kirsty. Well, thank you for having me. And I look forward to meeting a few of you, hopefully. <laughs>